guys, Matt Haycox here. How are you doing? Uh, it is the 29th of August uh, and it is my weekly roundup, the last one that will be recorded in France, the last one from the Sea Squirter for this year. I'll be flying back into England on the 3rd of September. So the next time we record this, it will be from England. First time I've been there since the uh, since the beginning of this year. Uh, so that just uh, gave me a few things to talk about with you guys as well. You'll also have to excuse any bumpiness, any sounds of hair dryers, any girls cackling in the background because uh, we are just sailing back to port where I'm going to be late for dinner. So multitasking and squeezing this in all at once. Um, but yeah, a uh, couple of things. A couple of things before we get on to business. Um, obviously, like I say, I'm travelling back to travelling back to England this week. Um, and for those of you uh, who follow me, you'll know. For those of you that don't, uh, I have not been in England since I think the first week of uh, first week of January. I've not really been properly back in England since um, since December of last year. Uh, I moved to Dubai, um, where I've been from kind of January until May. Uh, I'm being in France from May until now. Uh, my God, this is uh, this is this is bumpy, isn't it? Being uh, in France from May until now, um, and at, uh, I've always spent a lot of time out in the country, you know, uh, on a holiday capacity, but uh, never, you know, actually lived lived somewhere. Um, and uh, you know, the last nine months has been amazing. Uh, it's almost uh, almost been like uh, my first year at university, <laughs> uh, or what I would imagine a first year at university would be anyway. Um, and uh, I think you know, next next year and the years going forward, I'm going to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit uh, more organised and committed to work. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a different world uh, with Corona, uh, and um, you know, I guess the the semi lack of activity going on. So I've really been making the most of it, and it's um, and it's kind of made me think. I've talked about this before with you guys, but a lot, a lot of the time, I always get messages from people. This particularly people I know, your friends, investors, people I do business with, who are always saying, uh, you know, oh, I'm so, I'm so jealous of your lifestyle, or uh, you know, oh, I, I, I wish, you know, I wish I could be doing what you're doing. And always, these people that are saying this are people who are in, who are in much more of a position than you know, than me. Um, not much more of a position otherwise I, I guess I wouldn't be doing it but let's say in as good a position if not better than me to be doing uh, you, you, to, to be to be living where they want to live or to be doing what they want to do and it's, you know, it's, it's a conversation I always have with them but I just think it's something really important for everybody to think about that you know, how many of you guys listening to this watching this you know are really happy in every aspect of what you do because my my you know, simplistic belief. This is completely not data backed, but just you know, from my uh, experiences and views of life, is that people, is that the majority of people are doing a job that they don't want to do, living in a place they don't want to live, being with a girlfriend or a boyfriend that they don't want to be with, and probably hanging out with people that they don't want to hang out with either. Um, and I always, I can never get my head around why. Uh, and it's always a very easy, um, easy comeback from people to say, oh, it's down to money. You know, if I had more money, I'd do this. But, you know, does money really make any difference to many of those things? You know, we talk about living abroad. Uh, okay, um, you know, if, if, you, if you have got more money, if you're successful, it will be much easier uh, to, you know, to, to, to maybe, live in some of the places you want to live but you know people who want to live somewhere sunny and do a job 
uh, you know, what, why, why are they not doing that? You know, why are you not uh, living in in an English-speaking country that would, that, you know, that, that hires hires UK people? You know, obviously I've been in Dubai. There's a massive, massive amount of English people over there uh, working in, in Dubai in internationally related jobs. You know, Americas, Canada, Spain's, even even in places like France. You know, there's plenty of places that you know. Ultimately, whatever your skill set, whatever your whatever your earning potential, whatever your price bracket is, you know there are opportunities for you know for for you there. Um, and uh, kind of coupled with this, you know, just talking talking a bit of mindset as well. I was uh, I've, I've, had, I've had a good friend of mine out here with me for the last week or so, and he has been. Uh, you know, we've been in the gym together, you know, as usual. We talk about work together, and this you know, this guy. Again, I'm always conscious on these videos that I try and redact as much as possible. But I would never say anything that I wouldn't happily say to someone's face, which is, you know, what, 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 I, what I say to this guy as well. <laughs> you know, we'll go to the gym, and rather than getting on with any workouts in the gym, he spends all his time pointing at everybody else, going, "Oh my God, look at that guy's body! I'll, you know, I'll, I'll never be as fit as him, or I'll never do this, or you know, look at look at that guy's, you know, hundred million pound boat. I'll never have a boat like that." Now. I'm obviously not saying that any of these things are simple to attain or e easy to attain. Uh, you know, if, there, if, if it was easy, we'd all be doing it. But with a mindset of "I'll never be as fit as him," or "I'll never have as much money as him," or "I'll never live in that place," or "I'll never do that place," you know, what possible chance has anyone got of achieving anything? Uh, now, I'm not talking about being unrealistic or you know optimistic to the point of of stupidity, but You've got to have a dream. You've got to have a vision. And you've got to have some. You know, you, you, you've, you've got to have a belief in your plan that you're going to achieve. Now, listen. I'm not saying that we're all going to be that, that, that you're going to go in the gym. And we're all going to look like Mr. Universe. And I was. I'm a, I'm a, I guess I'm probably reasonably well qualified to, you know, to talk about fitness. You know, so I spend uh, spend a good whack of time in the gym and <laughs> never look much better. But you know, ultimately, I know that's down to the fact that I. Put more, um, put, put more um, interest in my food and my drink than I than, than I do in my in my gym and my health and fitness. But I'll go and work out. I'll, I'll I'll do the exercises. I'll put in the work, and I'll stay in some reasonable reasonable semblance of shape. But um, you know, I don't particularly have the motivation to you know to to eat super well or to stay off the booze or to cut out the carbs uh, and therefore you know I'm never going to achieve that that top level of fitness but you know for anyone anyone who wants to cut out bread cut out chocolate or, or, or go, you know go and put an hour a day in the gym you know the trans the transformation of that consist consistency is going to be leaps and bounds but if you're going to sit in the gym and do fuck all and point at everybody else and say oh i'll never have a body like that or you know i'll, I'll never be able to lift you know, as much weight as he is and of course you're not going to be able to do it and purely coincidentally i was reading a book this afternoon and there was a quote in there uh from henry ford uh, the uh, you know, the the, uh, the car manufacturer who was famous for saying back in his day, uh, whether you can, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Uh, and I thought I knew I was going to be talking about this tonight. I thought ah, you know what a, what a uh, fortuitous timing to read that quote. I'll chuck it in there. 
Um, so look, I know we've not talked about any particular biz of the week yet, but I just think you know, fr fr from a from a mindset and a happiness perspective, you know, the last the last, last kind of seven minutes is is very important for everyone to kind of have a think and listen about. Um, and you know, what 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 is it you want to achieve? Have you got a, have you got a plan in place to do so? Have you got a dream? Have you got a vision? Um, and because I really believe that whatever it is you want to do. Yeah, can be achieved, can be attained to a good level of success. I'm not saying world class. Let's not you know, whether it's world class athletics or you know or the top hundred richest people in the world or or the most talented magician or actor or gardener or whatever it may be. Obviously, you know at that level, you know that there, there is a, you know a sprinkling sprinkling of luck and many many thousands and thousands and hours of, of practice and discipline, but. You know, with with a plan and a degree of discipline, I don't believe there is anything that can't be achieved by anyone uh, at you know at a modest level. So have a think about that. Are you living where you want to live? Are you doing the job you want to live? Are you going home to bed with the person you want to be doing it with? And if not, why not? Um, so little let's have a little talk about work. It's 7:45 when we're recording this. I've got about 10 minutes to squeeze some things in before I have to get off the boat. Uh, so. We've been talking to you guys a, uh, a lot over the last few weeks about the gym business that I invested in recently, which is going to be open in about three weeks' time. So I'm looking forward to getting in there, getting in there when I'm back in the UK. Um, it's not been plain sailing, as never is in these situations, and we've been involved in some contractor disputes, um, which unfortunately have got very messy and have also gone legal now as well. Now, I think you guys may, anyone who watches these regularly, may remember that from the first one of these I recorded uh, back in May, I talked in the first episode about how I had just settled a legal case uh, that had been ongoing for about two years, where I ended up paying a substantial amount of money in that particular week, uh, money that I you know, morally didn't believe I owed. But you know, it was really the right thing to do, just to just just to get him put to bed uh, and move on and have the headspace back and back, get back on with my life. Uh, but obviously, one of the things I was talking about was about the importance of being pragmatic, um, and that you know what might make you feel better isn't necessarily the best answer for business. Uh, and a similar situation like that's cropped up on this gym. You know, we've got into a dispute with a contractor. Uh, without boring you with the details, work has been done to a substandard level. Uh, people have been involved, appointing that contractor and managing that contractor, uh, and you know, and, and effectively allowing that work to be done to a substandard level. Uh, and I've walked into the situation and and, and inherited a mess. Um, now. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this contractor is now no longer on the job. There is a, a there's a bill outstanding, uh, and you know it's going to it's going to be probably a multi multiple months, if not years, dispute uh, over over who's right, who's wrong, and whether or not this contractor ever gets paid. In the meantime, um, this contractor has issued, well, tried to issue a statutory demand against us for the unpaid invoice. Um, now, for those of you that don't know, a statutory demand is um, is effectively a demand that's issued uh, on a business prior to uh, applying for a winding up uh, winding up petition, winding up proceedings. So it's part of the process that needs to be followed, part of the notice that needs to be given. Um, uh, now the thing, the thing is with winding up petitions, obviously it's a very, 
meaty, you know, uh, and, and terminal uh, terminal event if if one is won. Uh, so courts do not uh, courts do not approve these lightly. Um, and you know, it, for for a debt to be able to go as far as a winding up petition, it has to be uncontested. Now, it's very easy. Uh, you know, it's rather it's very difficult to have a completely uncontested debt. Because, you know, so so many times, you know, when somebody thinks their own money, like with most situations, you know, there's there's, there's three sides for every story. You know, uh, the, the the debtor's version, the creditor's version, and probably what is somewhere between the two, the truth. Now, unfortunately, unless everything is black and white. Uh, and completely uncontested, it is not possible to successfully issue a winding up, a winding up petition. This contractor tries to uh, tries to serve us with a statutory demand. We get back in touch with him initially without lawyers to say, "Listen, mate, what are you doing? This isn't this isn't going to work out for you, and this is going to run a load of costs for us both. You know, we're already both in a mess here. Um, let's not make this any worse." Uh, he doesn't want to listen. We then write to him through our lawyers to say, um, to write to him through our lawyers to say, uh, you've got 48 hours to, to withdraw this uh, this statutory demand. Otherwise, we're going to have to apply for an injunction. Injunctions, by the very nature of the urgency of them, are very ex very expensive legal procedures. Um, and um, what you know, what would normally happen with any well advised party or any sensible person is. Yeah, they they will withdraw withdraw their action so as not to have to take this to court. We gave this guy forty eight hours, I think it was, to withdraw. Seven days later, he still hasn't withdrawn, uh, and our lawyers wanted to instruct barristers to then go for the injunction. This was going to be probably a ten grand exercise, an exercise where ultimately we would get out where we would get our costs back. Um, if, if we were successful, and honestly, you know, having had so much experience of this uh, to date, I really knew that, or not knew, but let's say, I really believed that we had a 99.9% chance of winning. Uh, so I was never afraid to go to court over it, but I didn't need the grief, I didn't want to have to outlay the cash. Uh, and also, to be honest, I felt semi bad for this contractor who I don't believe is fully at fault. Uh, so I ring him up. Uh, really, as a, almost as a as a man-to-man -man courtesy to say, listen, buddy, this is a shit situation for us both. We've both we've both lost money. We're both in a mess. Let's not make this any worse for the pair of us. I guarantee you're going to lose. Withdraw your petition, uh, and, we'll, yeah, and we'll, we'll 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 deal with this via arbitration or or discussion or whatever we're going to do in the in the future. But I guarantee you are going to lose. If we go to court for, with the statutory demand, statutory demand. Uh, he doesn't want to listen. We go to court. Uh, well, we, we didn't quite get as far as court because by the time he got his barrister and lawyer involved, they also knew he was going to lose and advise him. And we had to settle probably an hour before we were due in court. By that point, there was something like fifteen grand on the clock with the lawyers. He ends up having to pay us about twelve. We lost about three. And as I knew it would be from the outset, it was just a shit situation for us both, making the situation even worse. Uh, so I'm now three grand out of bed. He's twelve grand out of bed because he's had, he's had to settle our costs, and he's no further forward than he was when we started. Um, and I'll tell you the story again, really, just 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 to hammer home the importance of common sense 
and relationships in business. Uh, and any any time anything gets legal, uh, you know, any time anything gets contentious, you know, it's, it's obviously a cliche, it's an old adage, but you know, but normally the lawyers are the only winners in that case. In this particular case, the barristers. I mean, my God, can those barristers fucking charge? It's eye-wateringly piss-taking what they actually charge. Um, but uh, you know, it was a situation that could that could have dealt with that could have been dealt with sensibly, uh, you know, man to man. Um, so again, any time you've got a dispute, any time you receive a legal letter, any time you want to send a legal letter yourself, just really think: is is that really the best way to deal with it? Because um, I don't, I rarely know any situation that can't be better solved with two sensible people sitting down and being unemotional and pragmatic about it. And by being pragmatic, what I mean what I mean by that is you might not both get exactly the outcome you want, but it could possibly be a damn sight better than the outcome both of you will be given if you have to go to court. Uh, because again, you know, so many times, you know, you, you may win, but it will be a pyrrhic victory. Uh, you know, the, the, the person on the other side may not have the money to pay you anyway, or you may have legal fees that are, that are not recoverable, etc., um, etc. Et and there's so many things that, uh, you know, that that just make protracted legal battles, uh, not even protracted legal battles, that, that, that make any kind of legal action whatsoever just uh, so, so counter everything. So really have a think about that. What else is on here? Um, da, 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 da. Instagram and uh, and turning Instagram leads into into sales. So over the last couple of weeks, I spent quite a lot of time talking to my social media guys, as, as in my internal social media team uh, and marketing team, who work on our luxury fashion brands, uh, which is Accent and Laritzia, uh, and particularly Accent here. Um, and one of the things I've been trying to hammer home to the guys is inst any kind of social media, but particularly Instagram, it's so much more than just posting content to get likes and follows and comments. And yeah, yes, it is probably highly likely that the more likes and comments and follows you get, ultimately that will turn into business in some way, shape or form. But as you know, we talk about a lot on some of our videos, you know, it's very much about quality over quantity. And you could have a business or an Instagram account with 500 followers that are very loyal, engaged, active, active followers that are more beneficial to that business owner than, you know, than someone who's got 500,000 followers who are not engaged and don't really care about the product and the brand. So what I've been really trying to hammer home to, to my guys is when we do, when you're doing posts, when we're doing posts, what can we do? So we can actually find out the people who are who are engaging with these posts, what their views are, and then how can we talk? How can we then contact them and talk to them accordingly? So, as as as, as an example, like I said we're talk, talking luxury fashion here. Rather than just posting a picture of, let's say, a red shoe and a blue shoe, why not turn that into an Instagram poll? Show the red shoe and the blue shoe next to each other with the poll of which do you prefer? People will then see it and click on either the red shoe or the blue shoe. And you as the account owner can look behind the scenes and see 
see the metrics to see exactly which people said they liked the red shoe and which people said they liked the blue shoe. You've then got the information to be able to outreach those people, send them a DM, drop them a message specifically tailored to what it was they liked. So all of the people who liked the red shoe, send them a message, talking, engaging with them, talking about that red shoe, offering them a discount code or inviting them into the shop or do, you know, doing whatever is relevant. You know, the people who liked the blue shoe, contact them again, specifically tailored, tailored to them. You know, what, what you're then doing is you're taking a post and turning that post into very specific, almost like qualified leads. Um, and you don't need big numbers of people to start to get some good success from this. You know, if, you've, if, you've, if you do a post that would, let's say, typically get three or 400 views on your story, you know, those three or 400 views are of limited value to you. But if you can turn those three or 400 views into 30 or 40 people engaging with a poll, and you can then contact those 30 or 40 people with an offer specific to them, all of a sudden you can turn Instagram into a fantastic lead generator and a fantastic money-making tool. And you can apply this to, you know, you can apply these poll slash competition type things uh, to, you know, to whatever your business is. Uh, you know, the, and, and you can just tweak the text, tweak the copy, or tweak the logic accordingly. You know, if, you, if you're thinking about bringing a new product out there, why not use, why not use some questions or a poll to, you know, to, to ask people what product it is they want? Not only is that gonna give you some insights as to, what, as to what you could be bringing into your business, but you also specifically know your audience to, that, to, to, that, to then use them as hot leads and go out and market to them as and when you're ready. Uh, so very, very, very simple. All of these things are simple. I honestly don't think I've ever talked about a complicated concept. They're, they're just simple that need applying. Um, and, and that's it, you know, you, 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 can, you can tweak this to any of your businesses. Uh, what else is on here that we can talk about today? Pitching, pitching people when it's right to pitch them. Um, so I get a lot of messages from people who want to access my, my let's say, address book of high net worth of celebrities of, 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 of whatever it may be and these people invariably outreach to me and say look I, something along the lines of i sell a luxury product or you know i i work in the high net worth arena you know whether that's investment banking or for foreign exchange or whatever it may be and your your contacts and your friends will be per, will be perfect for uh perfect for me uh please can you introduce me and we'll do a commission split they're the, they're the kind of messages or they're the kind of pictures i get from people and I will always say, well, I'm not always going to say no. First of all, I'll make I'll make sure it's a product that's relevant to me. But I'll always tell these people that I will only even contemplate pitching them to what I believe is the right person at the right time, um, because I cannot tell you how easy it is to burn your relationships by hammering them with shit that they're not interested in, um, and 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 effectively turn yourself from being you know from being a friend or an acquaintance to, to just looking like an absolute sap um, and it's you know it's a, it's a mistake far too many people make uh, now 
my my network of, of, of friends, of, of acquaintances, of investors, of you know, of contacts. That you know, they're, they're effectively grouped into people that I do do business with, people that I may do business with, people that I'll never do business with. And even though on the face of it, to some of you guys, you know, I may have a friend who looks like the perfect person, you know, to do business with because they're in a particular area, or they've, or, or, or the, you know, they're, they're in a particular wealth bracket. I can tell you exactly, because I know that person inside out, that they will never buy a certain thing or they will never do business in a, in a certain way, um, you know, whether that's high risk, low risk, whatever. And because I know that, I, I, the, the, there's, there's no point in me pushing something and damaging a, re, damaging a relationship. So, like I said, when these people contact me, I want to, I want to you know, interact with, interact with my database. I'm only ever going to vouch for someone if I believe in the product and if I feel that it's the it's the right time for that person. Um, and I'm sure for many of you guys watching and listening to this, that is a mistake that you'll make time and time again. You know, ha hammering hammering a dead lead. You know, trying trying to trying to force someone to buy something that they don't want to buy, uh, or to do something that they don't want to do. And not only do you waste your time, you know, you you end up burning a relationship. That could, that could that could be good for you for some for something else and like i say you know my my relationships fit into many categories from friends to possible business associates to very close business relationships um and you know quite sometimes people will move from one from one category to another and sometimes people will never ever ever um, move into a different category and I know they won't I'm never going to push it and I'm going to enjoy them for what they are you know a great friend or someone to have fun with and I'm not going to give a shit that I can't do any business with them or I can't get, get them to invest or whatever uh, because you know ultimately life is about having you know having fun and doing the right things with the right people not you know not 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 trying to sell something to someone who doesn't want to buy it uh, so that is a little simple again but important lesson of the day uh, what have I got on here I've got on here be a listener that's probably you know I, when, when I do these roundups all through the week I make little notes to myself of things that have happened to me that I can talk about later in the week and I've just written on here be a listener I can't specifically remember why but it's probably because I have been sat with waffling idiots over the last uh, over the last couple of weeks, who never ever stopped fucking talking, and probably talking about themselves. Um, and I, you know, one one simple piece of advice to to win in a negotiation, not to win in a negotiation, let's say, but 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 to, to learn more, to put yourself in a better position in a, in a negotiation, or to you know, to, to un un understand. Uh, you know how you may be able to get what you want from a particular situation or from a particular person is to stop talking just shut the fuck up and listen to what the person's saying and again it's you know a, 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 an old an old, uh, old uh, expression that you know we've got two two ears and one mouth and they should be using that proportion but I honestly spend you know, unless I'm actually giving a speech, pitch, pitching an investment or pitching an opportunity, um, you know, obviously a lot of people probably see me as a, you know, as a, as a chatty socialite or whatever, but I guarantee you I spend so much more time listening and taking in the situation than I, than, than, than I actually actually do talking. You know, like I said, unless I'm, unless I'm holding court, telling a joke, telling a story, you know, trying to be, trying to be the centre of attention for a particular reason, you know. I want to I want to 
take everything in. I want to listen to people. I want to see what's going on. Um, so that is another simple but big piece of advice. You guys always ask me for crypto, crypto advice, crypto tips, which I, ne I never specifically give other than um, happily tell you that I am a constant acquirer of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, I mean, I this this week again, uh, you know, I've, I've been been topping up, topping up on Bitcoin, topped up a little bit, a little bit of Ethereum. But I think um, when one of the things I talk about is is the future use cases um, for for crypto for decentralized networks, um, and for anyone who's been paying attention to the news over the last week or two and the uh, obviously very unfortunate crisis that's going on in Afghanistan. You may or may not know that Western Union has um, has called it a day. Um, I don't know if it's permanently called it a day, but certainly called it a day for now, operating in Afghanistan. Um, and I mean, obviously, this couldn't come at a worse time for these people. I mean, you know, it, it, when, when there isn't when there isn't a war or an international crisis going on, you know, the, uh, these kind of countries um, survive um, on international transfers from the likes of Western Union. So it would be bad enough not having that at the best of times, but to not have it now uh, and to and to be effectively completely marooned is absolutely catastrophic. But the reason. I mention it is because see, what you've got with Western Union, yes, they've got this fantastic international network uh, where uh, you know it's possible to send money from one place to another place very quickly. Um, but it's subject to two things: one, massive fees, and b, ultimately, it is a centralised network that is controlled by a particular person or, or a particular you know board of directors or group. Um, and you've therefore got the ability for Western Union to make that unilateral decision that we will no longer support Afghanistan uh, and effectively you know, cut, cut cut off that country in a heartbeat. What you can, what you will never get with um, with the likes of Bitcoin uh, and you know true decentralised crypto networks is the ability for any one person to make a wholesale decision on behalf of other people. So, you know, looking at the Bitcoin network, it is impossible for anyone to turn around and say, right, we, we, will, we will isolate Afghanistan from Bitcoin. You know, we, we, will, we will cut these, this particular sec section of people off from being able to transact on our network. And yeah, I, I always, I try and talk in simple terms when I talk about my belief uh, for you know, for the future of Bitcoin, for the future of crypto, and one of the things, that, one of the main reasons I believe there is an enormous future uh, in in the in these coins, in these platforms, in these networks, is because of the growing distrust in governments and in centralized networks, um, and you know, and when you see these world events. Where something as simple as you know cutting off Afghanistan from Western Union, or you know the US or the UK or any other government issuing insane amounts of money through you know through quantitative easing, these are for me these events just continue to to hammer the uh, hammer the lack of trust that people have 
in these centralised organisations, these centralised governments, these centralised banks, and that is why for me, uh, you know, the, the 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 future is very much in in crypto, um, in decentralised networks, and that's why I am putting a large large portion of my liquid net worth in it. Uh, and like I said, that's not me campaigning for any one particular coin. It's just me believing the logic factor um, of, the fu- of, you know, of the future of a decentralized network. What else? Anything else to talk about on here? Um, da, 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 we've talked about... Free, oh. We talk, what else we've got a guy leaving um, a guy leaving uh, one of our accountants has given has, has handed his notice in and for for, the, for those of you that uh, listen to these regularly you'll know that hammer on that I spend the vast part portion of my time uh, in recruitment and one of the particular uh, roles that we're heavily recruiting for at the minute is accountants and accountancy we're probably four or five accountants light. Uh, in our umbrella accountancy department. So if you're an accountant and you're watching this, or if you're a good accountant or a good bookkeeper, or you know a, a good accountant or a good bookkeeper, I want to hear from you. Uh, but, but what I was telling you is that one of our guys handed his notice in. I mean, it couldn't have come at a worse time because he's quite a good lad, this guy. He's certainly settled in. Um, and you know, we're short three or four people anyway, so we're now short four or five people. Um, and when he gave his notice in, I made, you know, so it was probably a knee-jerk reaction, but I think it, it was good and bad for two reasons. This guy, this guy has moved to another role, uh, or rather wants to move to another role because he's gonna be able to work from home for a couple of days a week. And he also um, is gonna be moving for another four or five grand. Now, I took the view that to lose somebody else in this, uh, you know, in, in in a short space of time before we've even recruited anyone else, would be quite disastrous to the department. So I actually contacted this guy to offer him the chance to effectively match his match his new role. So I'd give him a give him a four or five grand pay rise because my view was well, if I have to re-recruit him, then it's going to cost me probably four or five grand in recruitment fees. So I may as well give the money to him because it's going to cost me it cost me one way or the other. And also, as much as I'm not a fan from the work from home, again, you know, we know this guy now, we semi-trust him. So if he has to work from home for a couple of days days a week, then so be it. On the day that we offered him this, I felt it was the right, you know, I, I felt it was the right thing to do because, like I say, I didn't want any more disruption to an already under-resourced department. Heinz, as, as let's say luck would have it, he didn't accept the offer. Um, he decided he'd already made his mind up and he was going to go to this other place. Uh, but I then woke up the next day and thought, you know what, whilst I kind of still stand by, I would have stood by my decision uh, and honoured it because I didn't want to lose that person. In hindsight, it was probably for the best that uh, he didn't accept it because I would have then made a rod for my own back um, by having a mispricing in pe- of people in that department and also starting to create that precedent of people working from home regularly, which again, any any viewers of any regular viewers of this will know I'm not a fan of. Um, so yeah, I don't particularly know <laughs> know what the lesson is from that, but I just wanted to uh, you know I guess I wanted to share the story with you. Um, and let you know, you know, I guess that for me the lesson is just to, you know, 
always trying, all, there's, there's always a solution. You know, as much as something sounds like a disaster at the time, yeah, there's always a solution. It may not, you know, it may not always be the best solution. And like I said, that particular situation in hindsight, it was probably best that he didn't go with my solution because it would have made a rod for my own back. Um, but I think, you know, um, moaning about any situation is never going to solve it. You know, what can you do to think outside the box to, to, you know, to create uh, something that is mutually acceptable to you both. Uh, and that's it for me, guys. That is it. It's ten past eight. I was due in my taxi ten minutes ago, so I better throw my jeans on and get out of here. Sunday the Sunday the 29th of August. The next time we're doing one of these, it will be Sunday the 5th of September from the UK. Um, so have a great week, everybody. As always, if you like this, please press like on YouTube. Or subscribe to your channel if you're listening to it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your uh, podcasts. Please make sure you leave me a review, tell a friend, add me on Instagram. I'm the Matt Haycox, T H E M A T T H A Y C O X on pretty much all social channels. So find me, leave me a comment, tell me what you've been up to in your week, um, and um, maybe tell me some of your problems, and I will see if I can find a solution for them. Uh, when we talk again next week so until september have a great week everybody and i hope that wasn't too uh, too rocky for you on the c squirter see you later bye bye